You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. My name is Oliver Queen. My name is Barry Allen. You're blind, but you see so much. Everything we've been doing, it all leads here. Suit up. Jim Gordon, GCPD. I hear good things about you, Counselor. Harvey Dent. Likewise, about you, Detective. You think you know me, but I've never been more than what each of you has created. <laughs> Just look at the flowers. All right, welcome to another episode of Televised Heroics on the Geek Elite Radio Network. I'm Mitch, and all with me as always is... Daniel, how you guys doing tonight? <laughs> Before we get into our shows, uh, are there any like news or um, articles you came across for comic book TV that you want to talk about? I mean, the only thing that really stuck my eye, um, I, I don't know why I'm bringing it up now, that I saw a couple of weeks ago is how the second season of Fear of the Walking Dead is going to have a standalone episode of this character that's going to be trapped uh, on an airplane. So it's going to be zombies on a plane. Really, they're gonna have one standalone episode of of just that. Yep, um, and I think and that's for the second season. They are they're already talking about what they're gonna do for the second season. Robert Kirkman himself uh, confirmed it that that's what's gonna happen, and he said something about that survivor um, joining the cast. I can't remember if he's gonna join the main cast of Fear the Walking Dead, or if he's gonna join the cast of uh, the regular Walking Dead. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's pretty interesting. How yeah, zombies on a plane. What what is that going to be like? I mean, I you can't go anywhere. <laughs> I know it's going to be pretty interesting how they handle that episode, and it's not going to be. I'm sick of these motherfucking snakes on this goddamn plane, or however the line goes. <laughs> <laughs> the best part of, of that is when uh, the the TV edited version with um, Samuel Jackson actually does the TV edit version of the lines when he says. Uh, I'm tired of these Monday Friday snakes on this monkey loving plane. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. That is the best. <laughs> so something I came across this week though is um, ABC is looking to develop another Marvel property into a TV show, and it's called Damage Control. Damage Control is the name of the comic book, and it'll probably be the name of the show, but. Uh, have you ever come across this in Marvel Comics? No, not at all. It, it's not surprising. Um, I looked it up, and they I guess they were uh, a book that premiered in the 80s. And uh, they've only really had like a handful of appearances in the Marvel U. Um, so basically what happens is whenever a superhero and supervillain or just basically powered people have a fight in the middle of the street of New York, of course... Um, this is the crew, the construction crew that comes in and rebuilds. Huh. Yeah. So from what I read, it sounds like the idea is to be like the office. It's like it's, the show is going to be like the office in the way that it's filmed. So I think that'd be kind of, I, I mean, it's it's going to be a sitcom. So it's I just think it's going to be hilarious. I mean, I, I picture it as the office meets Archer meets Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Wow, sounds awesome! I'm I'm excited for it. That's uh, that sounds like a real, real interesting show. Yeah, something you got to keep an eye out for. Anything else that you came across this week? 
just um, the uh, the Scott Snyder um, pitching Z- Zack Snyder. Uh, Zack Snyder, sorry, Scott Snyder, the author of Batman, right now. Sorry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Zack Snyder, you know, pitching uh, before Watchmen to HBO. Or who oh, watches Watchmen? Be bef- oh, that's supposed to be. I th- oh, I didn't know it was supposed to be something separate. I thought it was just going to be a retelling of the Watchmen show or Watchmen movie. I. Th- I didn't get get into two details, so it might be before Watchmen, or might be who, or the title of the show might be Who Watches Watchmen. It might be, like you said, um, more detail, you know, describing the movie and or the comic book. See, I don't know. I mean, I I like the idea of it being before the Watchmen or Who Watches the Watchmen, but just redoing the Watchmen into a TV show almost seems like a mistake for me because the movie. Oh, I mean, I I love the movie. I know I know you are a big fan of the movie. They pretty much put everything that was in the book onto the screen. There isn't much else that they could do. They could elaborate on, unless they you know plan on going with the squid thing at the end. Of the, at the end, no, 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 no. We're never gonna go back to that. That is a mistake. It is terrible. And the fact that Zack Snyder changed it for the movie was the best thing that book could have possibly happened to it. <laughs> no one wants a giant outer space mechanical squid to show up anywhere ever again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's not too much detail what it's going to be, but I mean, if more articles get released, I'd probably keep an eye on it just to see if they discuss any more details or what the plot would be. Definitely more details, uh, or definitely this should be a... Something to keep an eye out for, you know. Any more details that would be released, definitely want to report on that. So, if they were to go with re- remaking, retelling the, the the original story, what are some of the... Do you have any casting ideas for some of the major roles? You know, I haven't really thought of much. I would really like for Jeffrey Dean Morgan to... Re- the comedian i thought he did a really good job on the screen you know he did you know i don't think he's a I, I, well i think he's an actor that doesn't get enough uh roles out there he um he's definitely underrated like losers losers i thought was a great movie and he was the leader of the group in that yeah that was a good movie too who um what are your thoughts who would you like to see you know cast i don't know you know i i didn't i guess i didn't think about it enough i just brought it up right now but uh, there's so many good options out there, especially for the Watchmen, because it's they're um, iconic characters, but not um, heavily known. So you can you can have more free or uh, more freedom to um, not go basically or not go strictly off of looks. You know what I mean? Yeah. But however, they did when they cast the the movie, they did a great job of making them look like the characters in the book. They did. Like, I remember when um, they first started talking about making The Watchmen into a movie, um, John Cusack was in talks to do Night Owl. Whoa. And, like, every time I, I looked at, the, there's that one um, that one comic book panel where Night Owl is kind of sitting in a chair up against the, the, the wall, and I think it's down in the his Night Owl cave or whatever it's called. It's like, I, I see, you can see... Uh, John Cusack in that role. Now, John Cusack's probably a little too old to play the role. He might be better off playing the the first Night Owl, the one that um, he goes back and talks to. But uh, other than that, I, don't, I couldn't see him playing the role. Nice. 
So you want to replace uh, Patrick Wilson? Well, I mean, if they're going to remake the movie or they're going to remake it into a TV show, I would, I would like them to replace everybody. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't want anybody from the cast from the movie. Or if they do take people from the cast from the movie, they should take everybody back. I mean, all those actors are pretty. I would say they're pretty uh, free to do things right now. I don't think anybody's contracted to anything uh, that would restrict them. True. Patrick Wilson, I haven't seen him in do much lately. Um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, uh, I forget her name, the one that played Silk Spectre. Oh, um, God, what's her name? Uh, Malin something? Ackerman. Yeah. Yeah, so she she would be, uh, She's. I, I think she's available. I mean, I wouldn't, I don't really know if they're available or not, but I'm just saying I don't see anything with them in it lately. Um, so... They're, you know, it'd be great to see them all come back and reprise their roles. Any articles that caught your eye? Um, other than that, I don't remember too much else that I saw this week. Um, I'm still excited for Jessica Jones. I know we've talked about this just about every every episode, <laughs> but Jessica Jones is probably the the big thing I'm most excited for coming up. Um, we got a couple weeks left until the start for Arrow and uh, uh, Flash, Flash and. Supergirl, so it's it's tough to find new things about them. Uh, I know, like I, I believe, in a few days they're going to have a special trailer released for the new season of Flash. Well, at least that's what I've been seeing online. So we'll see. Awesome. Are they going to do the same thing with Arrow? You know what? I think Flash has had better ratings, so they're they're doing more with him. But I wish they would. They would do more. Uh, promotional with uh, Arrow, because I mean it's the it's the first one. It, it helped bring the uh, Flash on the air. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, let's get into uh, Fear the Walking Dead. All right, I got last week's episode. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Go, Go ahead. ahead. I was just gonna say I gotta ask because this episode was a lot heavier, a lot dark than you know, more dark than the previous episodes. So I just I want to get your opinion on it. So yes, we're talking about episode Cobalt, and if you watched it, you know that's a very important word in this episode. So, um, yeah, I think it was. It was. I wouldn't. I don't want to say it was a a definite. It wasn't a turn for something different, but it was something that kind of came out of left field. It, it it it's the darkness and the and the deepness of this episode was was there. It it kept me. It kept me riveted. I pretty much, I want to say after, at the second, the second half of the episode is what kind of kept me glued and on the edge of my seat, just like what's gonna happen next, what's gonna happen next. It was really suspenseful. Yeah, like we, like last week we were talking about how um, we wondered if the doctor was had nefarious means or um, was trying to do bad things to these people, but as we came to find out, she actually was trying to help people. Um, the facility that they're keeping all these people that they've deemed sick is obviously very makeshift and they, uh, are, uh, what's, I, I don't remember the lady's name, but the ex-wife that is acting as a nurse is really trying to take care of, uh, Griselda. Yes, Griselda. And she hasn't, she's been taking care of other patients, uh, with the 
doctor's um, orders, but she keeps wanting to know where Griselda is, and she hasn't been able to uh, reach her, really. Um, so she go takes it upon herself to go find her and when she does she realize she sees her her arm her her foot her leg is cut off they cut off they they amputated and now she's basically fighting infection and that anybody that's been in surgery knows that's where most of the danger is is the infection because you can go into shock um after the you know, being amputated, and then if the infection spreads, obviously, you know, you're going to be a zombie. <laughs> Griselda is basically on the hospital bed, and, and you can see she's not much more for this earth. So <laughs> it's not it's not looking good for her. Well, back home, or in the quarantine zone, her husband, who we really don't know much about, but obviously know that he's seen some shit in his day. Who who is it that took 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 the soldier? Well, soldier probably came to. Oh, the soldier came to help out. What what's the daughter's name? Ophelia. 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 So she, the soldier came to help out Ophelia, who was crying for her mom to to come back to be brought back, or just to see her. And like it's the very next scene, he's tied to a chair. <laughs> it seemed. I was like, whoa! This uh, this escalated quickly. <laughs> Very, very quickly. In that whole scene, you know, when he's like, oh, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hurt him, you know, just, you know, go away. Did you think that he actually was going to torture him or was just going to have, have him there strapped to the chair to, you know, just try to talk to him? No, you don't strap someone to the chair and you don't, and, and not plan on hurting them. It's just, <laughs> uh, just the way it happens. <laughs> Um, unless they're being violent to themselves, then <laughs> it's uh, usually strapping someone to a chair against their will means you're going to hurt them. <laughs> Obviously, you know, the dad has seen some shit since he had no problem torturing this poor guy. Well, it's like, yeah, he tells that story to, um, God, why he really should learn these names, but <laughs> the, the main lady, he tells the story to her about how Ophelia used to ask him, what he did in the war and he says there were uh, two men one man <laughs> was strapped to a chair the other man comes in with knives i'm paraphrasing here but uh i never really told her which man i was in that room and i think we know now which man he was yep <laughs> because he uh he he did it like i don't even know why uh the soldier guy uh, what's his name i don't know his name I forget what his name is too, but I don't know why the soldier guy held out for so long. I mean, this is obviously desperate measures, and this guy means business. It, it, it wasn't like it's real big information of where the the hospital was, but the information he gets out of him is is Mission Cobalt or Project Cobalt or however you want to call it, which is them evacuating, right? Yep. So he tells, and he also goes about telling them the story about how. He locked up the arena with a whole bunch of people dying in there, and oh man, when they get to the end of that episode and that that barber man is is going up to that door, I could only I'm I'm sitting there like, is he gonna open that? He knows not to open that, right? It's just a bad idea. I mean, I can understand he feels sorry for the people that were in there, but you don't go up to a tiger cage and say, I feel sorry for the tigers captured in there. Let's go ahead and open this up. 
Yeah. Am I right? <laughs> That's you're. Yeah, you're you're right. But I mean, obviously, he's gonna have motives because this military group has his wife who he loves. So I mean, is he going to open up the door to you know cause chaos and possibly go looking for his wife? You know, kind of create a diversion so the military goes there. Or I mean, oh, okay, I was gonna say because that's not the same place. the The arena is not where he has the wife. They have his wife, but yeah, I guess if he's gonna make a distraction. But I mean, it was already shown that the military is boning out. They're they're leaving the quarantine zone. They they're stealing people's TVs and stuff and taking off. Where I mean, he has to have some kind of motives. I I don't. What do you think is gonna happen? If he opens that door, I just think that's he might think that's where his wife is at for some reason and he opens the door to try and go in there but i would think that's probably why uh the society or that that section of society is going to get overrun by the walkers instead of um how it is now where you know armed guards or armed soldiers can take out uh a, a walker here and a walker there once you have a horde, and anybody who's played a zombie video game knows, <laughs> you get overrun by a horde, it's uh, it's pretty much over for you. Yep. So what do you think of the businessman that we saw throughout the episode? I thought that was an incredibly cool character. Like, um, He's the kind of guy that in stories, when you watch movies or you uh, read books, he's the type of guy that sees all the angles. He knows which person to play, which person to pump up which person to put down you know and the fact that he was able to hustle out the the drug addicts the drug uh, freedom what was that oh the drug addict uh the drug addicted son yeah the drug addicted son they were he was able to get his uh his freedom basically or not have him taken downstairs (laughs) uh he was he just shows how smart and uh, cunning the, the the character is so whatever he's gonna have to do in this week's finale is probably gonna be pretty um, pretty out there. Or at least I hope I hope they use this character well. I hope so too. And I mean, if they spent so much time throughout the episode giving him you know scenes, uh, I feel like they're not gonna kill him off this upcoming episode. In my opinion, probably not. Yeah, I think I think he he might be a character that sticks sticks around for a while, um, at least into the second season, because a lot of the characters at this point are kind of the same. Um, the barber is probably the only different one from the rest, and he this guy is definitely going to be. I, I actually I'd like to see a scene between the two, the this guy and the barber. So just to see what what happens. If the barber doesn't die, obviously. <laughs> right, if he doesn't die. And he's a he's a pretty well known actor. I mean, I've seen him in lots of things, so that can either go that could go either way. He could, that could mean that he does have a target on his back or he might last. So, I mean, if he lasts, do you think he might become, you know, govern governor-ish? Or- no, I don't think he. I don't think he wants any authority. I think he just wants his family. He just wants to be with him, him and his family, and he wants to be able to protect them. What else do you expect to see from the finale this week? Um, I haven't thought that far ahead, but 
and maybe I just need some time to think about it. So while I think about that, let me ask you, dad, the other dad, um, the one that, you know, the one that went on the ride with the National Guard to the secret location, what do you, why do you think he had that struggle when it came to shooting down that walker? I, I think like most people in this situation that aren't us, the viewer, he, he doesn't realize that they are dead already, that these people are not coming back. He, he still has hope because he has family that if one of his family members uh, becomes infected, that they can still be cured, so to say. So to him, killing the, the, per, the lady in the chicken joint or whatever the hell that was um, meant that there's no possible way that she could be cured. The, the commander guy has this whole speech of, you know, if you don't kill her, that means you think that she can still be brought back. And if you think that she can still be brought back, that means every person I've killed makes me a bad person. And you don't want to you don't want me to be a bad person. Right. And it's like it's 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 a real good um, repartee between the two of them and or, or at least a good speech from the commander, you know, on whether on what this new world is, is like, what, what what's going to happen around here. So the fact that he still wasn't able to kill or put down the walker uh, just shows that he isn't ready to deal with what he needs to deal with to keep his people safe. So in a sense, he's still hanging on to his humanity, and like you said, he still has hope. Right, exactly. He still has hope, and us as viewers, we know <laughs> there's no <laughs> hope at this point. It's 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 uh, kill every walker you see and protect protect you yourself and those you care about do you think that the commander is going to make you know a return in maybe season two um i don't know i I mean just the way that the walking dead goes uh, we don't see too many military still intact uh we might get one or two military people but i don't really feel that he would make his way back into the show i think after this season we might not see him Okay. And I guess to come back to your question, I guess what I really want to see from... Well, wait. Wait. What, how do, what do you feel? Do you feel that you will see the commander again next season? I feel I feel like he's going to make it down to San Diego. He's going to find out that, you know, his family's not there. And especially how he said, you know, I can do whatever I want. I have all the weapons. I feel like he's going to come back and be a potential threat later on. So do you think he'll might he might end up in some suburb of... Los Angeles or, or San Diego and make it into his own little Woodsbury? Yeah, probably. I mean, he does. he's right. He does have the weapons, so that puts him high on the food chain, <laughs> to, to put it lightly. Um, there's not much else that's in demand at this point because food isn't scarce yet. People aren't loot. I mean, people probably have looted, but it's not like when uh, for season four or season five of The Walking Dead where they're making runs to further and further out grocery stores just to find Twinkies. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, um, I guess what I hope from from season two or from this upcoming episode is I just want to see where where Nick, uh, the drug addict, and, um, and the businessman, where they're going to end up, especially how he told them. He's like, you know, you have the skills to survive. He's also, you're going to stick with me closely. That's true. I, it's it's funny to see what the businessman has in, in store for him, and and you're right. I don't know why I can't remember his name is Nick. Um, I think I might just start giving them nicknames like, "This is Johnny Depp Jr." and uh, 
there's the mayor of LA and then there's uh, the barber. So um, Nick is going to have a big, and I, you know what, this didn't even come into my, my, my head, but the fact that Nick and uh, Griselda and uh, the other family members are all kind of separated at right now, I didn't think about how that's going to play out. I mean, to me, I always thought, oh yeah, by the finale, they'll probably all be back together and on the road to wherever the campground that they they were trying to get to before but this might be the splitting of the family you know there might be people here and people there so that makes it somewhat more interesting so you think it's going to take um the route that the regular walking dead took where they all split up for that one season and then mid-season they came back together Uh, i believe you're talking about after season two when the farm blew up and they kind of got split up um, I think it was a little bit after uh, the war with the governor. Oh, okay, that that split up. Okay, um, yeah, I think that's what might end up happening because realistically, how are they going to find Nick and Griselda? And I mean, even Nick and Griselda are separated within the hospital. Yeah. So who knows? Who knows if they'll be able to find each? other? I mean, obviously, there's probably going to be some deaths of some of these major <laughs> characters, but. Um, We'll have to see what what happens. Do you think um, Nick is maybe going to try to find the the stepmom since they're at I the think, hospital? I think because of the, his nature of being a drug addict, yeah, he he wants to find something that's um, familiar to him before he just takes off with his businessman, who obviously is already gonna, is already planning on uh, uh, manipulating him or using him for whatever needs he needs. So he might want to see, even though he doesn't really know her but he does know her uh but who's to say if they actually find each other or if either one of them survives it's true and how do you feel about the stepmom not hesitating to shoot griselda in the head i think i think she realized that it was it was mercy more than anything else because um as as a person in the medical field i think she was going to get used to used more and more used to people dying on her a patient's dying on her so she realized that this person who she didn't really know all that well but she had come uh to have a relationship with uh had had passed away so she technically she was already dead the only thing is is that the doctor was telling her hey uh if you don't do it she's gonna come back and she's gonna try and bite off your face so (laughs) you need to take care of this with this uh Cow, cattle prod thing <laughs> which I hadn't seen since No Country for Old Men but <laughs> it was funny so she um, she took that he, she took that bolt to the head and it was done with what did you think of uh, Griselda's monologue the monologue she was having when she was I want to say hallucinating saying how she saw you know the she's seen the devil's face before and she's seeing it again that she's you know ready to face it whatever's coming while she was doing that little speech, they kept uh, cutting back to the barber, her husband, right? Yeah. So I think that they're trying to imply, or at least how what I inferred from that, was that she knew the barber during his, I guess, war phase or torture phase. So she knows what the devil looks, looks like. She became the bride. She's, I think she was basically saying she's uh, ready to accept her fate. She's seen it before. Who knows? Maybe she was an accomplice to those things, too. She could have been. That's it's very well she could have been. But uh, I, I think that's, it was her way of accepting her fate that, you know, this is her time to go. 
uh, please take care of my daughter, and um, he- here I'm ready to pay for my sins. Yep. But it was pretty intense the way how she just the way she delivered that monologue too. Yeah, no, she, great job, great job all around for uh, all these actors. They, you know, there's not one person that's uh, really the weak link. I would say maybe the daughter. I'm I'm kind of okay with her. I'm I'm actually I'm okay with the two kids, the daughter and the they go they go looking around in houses to <laughs> look at people's clothing and stuff like I like I just I know they're kids being kids, but or teenagers being teenagers, but I was like, these kids need to die. They just need to die already, and I'll be over with it. Yeah. I thought it was pretty, you know, messed up how they broke into the neighbor's house and just started breaking all their belongings. Yeah, it was reminiscent of the scene from Zombieland when they go into that convenience store and start wrecking all that uh, Native American souvenir stuff. Yeah. <laughs> this is the last week for Fear the Walking Dead. There's an episode of Talking Dead after that. Woo! And then, that's right, we're big fans of Chris Hardwick and all of Nerdist Industries here. But, uh, yeah, after that we have, um, I believe, The Walking Dead next weekend, right? Yes, it starts sometime next week. So that should be fun. We're going to see where they're at in Alexandria and uh, what's the next step for Rick and his group. It's gonna be it's gonna be another Rick Tatorship. <laughs> what I mean is there anything that you're looking forward to specifically from the next season of The Walking Dead? Is there anything that you you want to see happen? Do you do you want to see Rick get killed? Why would you want that, Daniel? That's <laughs> Never said. We've been watching Rick for like six seasons now. You can't just ask for him to die. I can't believe you said that. <laughs> no, no, I think he'll make it a little bit longer. Hopefully. <laughs> And to be completely honest, uh, this is me being a bad uh, comic book fan, but um, this is exactly kind of where I stopped reading The Walking Dead, so I don't know of what too much happens next when I'm picking picking back up. That's fine. I like I said in the previous uh, <laughs> podcast, I haven't read any of The Walking Dead, so but I think I, I get the pretty much gist of it from most of the people that I know that read it. They, uh, you know, I get the four one one on uh, what's going on with that group. It's interesting when you find out what um, what changes have been made, especially character-wise, and which characters stick around and which characters don't, and uh, how how it plays out on 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 the screen instead of in the pages. Yep. So I'm just excited to see um, who from the Alexandria group really steps it up and becomes a character that we are really invested in or uh, want to see succeed in this new season. I want to say that even though Sasha's kind of losing it too, I feel like she's going to have more authority. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. She um, she's going to be a force to uh, keep an eye on in this new season because I think her little shooting spree she had out in the woods helped exercise a lot of the demons that she had going through her head. So, and and that's the best thing about The Walking Dead. We can quickly work through our <laughs> <laughs> psycho somatic problems you know with just a little bit of time and violence and then all of a sudden people are back together i mean rick got over his uh trauma um looks like uh morgan got over his and sasha quickly got over hers so (laughs) you know therapy is not something that you can afford in the zombie apocalypse apparently you just need to get over it and get on with it just have to adjust kills with zombies you'll be fine Exactly. So this week on Gotham, 
we had more of the villains. So it's really sticking to their subtitle with this season with uh, Rise of the Villains on Season 2 of Gotham. What did you think of the new episode? This episode really pulled me back into the show. I thought Season 1 ended kind of weak. Um, then same with episode one of season two was kind of weak, but this one definitely brought me back in. I mean, it was, it was full of action. Um, you know, it had its funny moments here and there. And then just the way it wrapped up really did it for me. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. Um, I, not the biggest fan of season one, but I did, I did tolerate it and I did have, think it had its good points. Uh, the season two is really ramping up to be something special i think um i still don't want to believe that jerome is going to be the joker but good lord the boy did a good job in mixing both mark hamill joker and heath ledger joker in this episode i, I mean agree. he had he gave a great performance what do you think yeah it definitely blew me away and i i said that as well on my facebook page i was like you know this episode really pulled me back in he did a good job mixing mark hamill and heath ledger i mean in beginning of the episode he was just really goofy silly like the mark hamill joker that we know and love and then when it came to the videotape at the end of the episode he just really pulled in his true darkness and showed what kind of an animal he can be oh yeah that was definitely channeling the the dark knight movie from uh for the joker but also the scene when um the other guy is kind of challenging him for the leadership of the maniacs he he sits there and he, and they and um, Theo says, "Here, you know, you guys want to duke it out for for leader. Take this gun. We'll play a little Russian roulette." And the one dude goes first. Does he? Does, it doesn't shoot off his brain. Jerome sits there and does five more sh- or four more shots. You know, right there, and he's like, "All right, so you think you can take this last shot? Obviously, that's where the bullets at." But he was—he uh, did a great job. He was ferocious, man. He—he he really is becoming what he needs to be. Just that, not demon, but just a full force of monstrosity, showing his madness and embracing it. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, he really showed his his craziness with uh, that game of Russian roulette, which was very Ledger esque, you know, for Joker. He was willing to go all the way so i thought that was a great performance on him so if i have to accept him as the joker now i'm willing to do that yeah <laughs> bring on the ass ass yeah um i want i agree with you um there i mean definitely if that's who we're stuck with i'm happy with it he definitely showed off his skills i don't seem to know where this episode is going i just thought that you know, when Barbara called, I was like, oh, they're going to lure, you know, Gordon outside and they're going to fuck him up and kidnap him, maybe torture him. But no, it went so much more than just that. Right. I mean, that's I was also thinking uh, she she she, call, she she's the basically she's the distraction to get Gordon out of the out of the headquarters. Uh, why is it that they just felt the need to have Gordon uh, not be there. Like, did they just think if Gordon was there, he would have stopped them somehow? I mean, they came in guns blazing, which also brought up the fact that there was only two of them left at that point from the maniacs. Well, two plus Barbara and the big, big guy, but the only two that were inside the headquarters, uh, 
were from the Maniacs, but they still had a whole bunch of guys. So did they have henchmen already at this point? It seemed like they did hire a crew. So yeah, or, they must have hired a crew or crooked cops, <laughs> or they had crooked cops. So that that's definitely a thing that happens in Gotham. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think the crooked cops would even gun down other Gotham cops unless you know they were ratting them out or something. But uh, yeah, so that was a, the whole precinct. I mean, which makes sense to, to get Bullock to come back. There's a pro- there's obviously a lot of job openings. <laughs> What did you think of his comeback? I thought it was it was good. I mean, obviously you needed to get him to come back. And at the beginning of the episode, when he's sitting there saying, "Oh, you know, I'm good. I'm 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 here." Uh, his fiance says he's not coming back. He's going to stay safe be, behind the bar. We needed something catastrophic to happen so that he would want to pick up his badge again. The, one of the things I had a problem with, though, with the, with the episode is once uh, Bruce Wayne hears about what happened at the police headquarters and he shows up, like he's basically walking onto an active crime scene and no <laughs> one stops him. And then he, he's sitting there almost about to like give he's giving this whole speech to Gordon again. And yeah, I mean, they kind of had this um, on again, off again relationship, but to the point where he's going to come up and and hug him, it, I don't know. It just it all seemed very awkward and weird to me. Like he could have just said, "Hey, uh, I'm glad you're okay. Please uh, don't get killed because I still need you to be a cop." But no, he uh, you're you're <laughs> like a father to me, basically. I don't know. It it was just very <laughs> weird. Yeah, I just thought it was a very awkward. Uh, situation that Bruce comes up and hugs a very bloody, obviously <laughs> devastated Gordon, and you just sitting there like, um, I don't think he really should be here right now. There's a lot of death around this room. <laughs> well, I, I'm pretty sure you know that that the Wayne Foundation is donating some kind of cash to Gotham, so uh, to GCPD. So I'm pretty sure he can walk in there like he owns a place. <laughs> so once again corruption in the gcpd and and that's we're just supposed to be okay with it is what you're telling me <laughs> man okay also you know we got to delve a lot more into lucius fox this, this episode um who obviously later on in batman's life plays a big part um batman and bruce wayne's life or more just Bruce Wayne, I mean, however you want to see it. So what did you think about him obviously having some type of relationship with Thomas Wayne? I I liked it, especially how he was like, you know, your dad was a brilliant man. You know, I loved your father. That, you know, gives Bruce that glimmer of hope that, like, holy shit, my dad wasn't all that bad. You know, he did help out, and he had some research to try to stop all the bad things that, you know, the Wayne Foundation is doing. Right. The Wayne Enterprise. So, yeah, he- yeah, and what and we, what we found is that you know Wayne Foundation or Wayne Enterprises isn't up to the best of things because of uh, the people that have made their way to the top of the industry. So yeah, Lucius Fox um, obviously was I don't want to say cahoots with Thomas Wayne, but they were working on things together to make things better. Yes. Oh, uh, yesterday as soon as I saw the episode, well, I I guess I didn't see it fully through, but. I went on Twitter, and since I have to, you know, stream the episodes off of Fox, there's commercials. During commercial break, I just went on Twitter. I was like, Bruce Wayne is such a dick for firing Alfred. 
<laughs> well, yeah, I mean, obviously he's he's a kid. He doesn't know what's best for him. He thinks he does, just like all kids, all preteens, all teens think. I can't believe Alfred decided to play emotional chicken with him, though. I mean, who's going to turn first? Who's going to who's gonna uh, not not back down, you know? So he he took it all the way to the bus station, it looked like. Um, yeah. But Bruce eventually shows up. But how exactly did Bruce show up? I don't I don't know. I mean, I assume he didn't drive himself. Did he ride his Schwinn over there? Did he did he call an Uber? <laughs> <laughs> Is that how he got over to the bus station or train station or whatever to to apologize to uh, <laughs> Alfred? Uh, obviously not public transportation. He would probably been kidnapped, held for ransom. <laughs> I doubt even the kid even has any money on him. I don't know how he would have done that. Shit, that's a good point. <laughs> so that's another thing was that uh, we haven't seen Selena. I mean, we saw her in the very beginning of the first episode when they the go to penguin the ball. is... Oh, wait, no, the, when they go to the... Yeah, don't they go to the ball? And, or is that in the first season? I think that's in the first season. It was This season was uh, it was at the Penguin's table when he was talking about how he's the new leader and people aren't uh giving him the respect that he wants she's sitting at the table there that's right so i thought it was weird that she uh one i already thought it was weird that she was sitting at the table two when she tells everybody to leave she doesn't leave she kind of just slinks around like a cat (laughs) i guess that was kind of the idea or imagery they wanted to give was that she's more of a cat again she was such a big part of last season for bruce's development it's it's odd that they haven't already met up again in this season. I know it's only episode two, but um, I, I just find it a little odd. I think that's something that we can expect to see coming up. They'll probably play on how, you know, she's changed and Bruce isn't liking the change that she's making. Yeah, more than likely. I can see that. But talking about change, though, uh, once again, Bruce brought up to Alfred, you know, I need you to teach me how to fight. Teach me how to survive. Teach me how to make it through to an adulthood when I can finally do these things that my father was asking of me. So what did you think of that? Do you think Alfred's going to take it more serious this time around to teach him how to take care of himself or what? Well, I think, well, didn't uh, the first season, you know, Alfred taught him how to fight and, you know, Bruce wasn't very good at it and Bruce was the one that gave up? Uh, probably, but it would also be that Alfred didn't push him enough, you know? I think it was more, he was just kind of, he was teaching him how to throw a couple punches, how to probably how to block a few, but he wasn't, I don't think he was taking it too serious. I think at this point he's still thinking of Bruce as being a kid and he doesn't really know what he needs to do. He just wants to, he just wants him to be a kid, but obviously Bruce's brain has made the decision. I need to avenge my parents or whatever. (laughs) So we know that Batman is all about getting the job done. Apparently this happened when he was 10. Well, Bruce, or not Bruce, sorry, Alfred seemed a lot more stern with him. He's like, all right, well, if, you know, I'm going to teach you how to fight, he's all, you're going to listen to me no matter what, and, you know, you're going to follow my every word and my every instruction. So I think he's starting to take Bruce seriously now. Yeah, I think I think this was, uh, finding this cave down, or this basement, or Thomas Wayne's secret hideaway, or whatever you want to call it, and then... The fact that Bruce is willing to let him go out of his life, if it means getting in his way of his new mission, 
uh, Alfred knows he needs he's going to need to stick around to take care of him, even if he doesn't think he needs to take care of him. He, he needs Alfred to take care of him. It's it's almost get in line or get out of the way. But yeah, I still feel, and I know we talked about this before too. I still feel like the show is a little bit too fast paced in Bruce's development. I mean, we all know that he's going to become the cry, you know, the Cape Crusader that we know and love. But I still feel that they're taking it way too fast. Oh, definitely. I mean, but that's that's we had to start the show with the parents dying, and they're not going to wait around six years, six, seven years, eight years for him to uh, goof around in, in school or get relationships and stuff to start realizing he needs to learn uh, to take out the bad guy. I mean, he's going to... We, what was it in, in Batman Begins? It's not till he's in college that he decides he's going to come home and shoot the guy that shot his parents, you know? Yeah. So they're not going to wait around that long. They they, they are accelerating his uh, his tutelage, I should say. <laughs> I Like I've said before, I wanted to see the, sh- the show where Bruce Wayne travels the world and learns all the different things, but he's going to learn as much as he can now from Alfred and Alfred's friends and anybody else that can come around and teach him something. Maybe even Leslie will come around and teach him how to do field dressing or, you know, uh, how to recognize injuries and stuff like that. True. I mean, wouldn't Leslie also have to train Alfred in a way since it seems, you know, every time he gets beat up, he goes to the Batcave is like, Alfred, patch me up. (laughs) Well, I think, uh, I think in the original comic book mythos, uh, Alfred knew how to, do medicine on the in the in the battlefield from his uh soldiering days for queen and country <laughs> so it he should already know some of that but i mean obviously a field medic's not going to know as much as a doctor so i mean I'm, I'm just saying it gives something for leslie to do in the show other than just be uh gordon's new girlfriend <laughs> what else are you expecting from the rest of the season well, I was hoping to see more shenanigans from the from the maniacs, but uh, I don't think we're going to see them goof around as much as we oh, saw. Well, most of the maniacs are gone. <laughs> a lot <laughs> exactly. of like two of them died in this episode, <laughs> so you uh, all you have is Barbara, the Muscle, and Jerome left, and then their leader Theo. So um, Jerome is always is obviously making a big splash. Barbara is going to be played off a lot more. Uh, underhanded and and uh cunning i think especially with playing around with gordon and his brain it's going to be interesting where they go with the rest of this maniacs group i mean the promo for next episode has bullock obviously inhaling something poisonous so it looks like theo and his chemist background is going to come into play should be an interesting side of play uh seen as uh see um and we're also forgetting about tigress you know we're going to see her as well Sniper lady. Is that who that's supposed to be? Is Tigress? Yeah, that's supposed to be Tigress. Did not realize that. I um, as soon as I saw the the premiere, I uh, I googled it who she was playing, and yeah, she's supposed to be Tigress. So did you Google Theo? Did, is he a person? No, I did not Google Theo actually. <laughs> well, I mean, he they keep saying that they're brother and sister. Obviously, they don't look alike, but you know that doesn't mean they aren't actually brother and sister. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I want to know is with the rest of the season that's still being called Rise of the Villains is obviously talking about 
the maniacs and the and and Barbara and uh, Jerome. Are we going to see more villains from Batman's future pop up? Are I mean, we haven't seen a, a Mister Freeze yet. <laughs> we haven't seen um, I don't know who else. Clayface that'd be cool. <laughs> see Clayface. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I don't I don't know exactly what they're gonna do with this season, but I, w- I guess I would like to see more villains. Yeah, and I mean, what I feel maybe in Rise of the Villains, what it might entitle to is maybe um, the Penguin having a gang war with you know Theo or something like that. Yeah, the Penguin is rising more in power, and obviously the Riddler Riddler side is is rising more inside of Nigma, so. We have that to look forward. Oh, we we do know you know Two Face is still around. Well, at least Harvey Dent is around, so maybe see a little bit more of his craziness peek peek its head. Maybe, but even though I, I mean he wasn't in a lot of episodes, but I still didn't see his craziness except for when he threatened uh, that mob member. That's all I can really remember. Right, and I mean I don't think we will see a lot of craziness out of Harvey. I mean, it's not till Two Face shows up that he's menacing i mean i think it was a nice little it was a nice little nod to it that he has an anger issue almost a split personality but it was interesting did you get around to watching season three episode one of agents of shield no 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 i want to i want to start from season one and then go all the way up oh that's yeah that's understandable uh i am i think i'm still going to talk about it right now though so i hope you're okay with that (laughs) go ahead (laughs) Uh, I thought it was a great episode. Um, they're obviously playing off this Inhumans and uh, Kree idea really well. Uh, we had the episode basically start off with a person who has got newfound powers and he doesn't know what he's doing and he's melting things. And uh, he uh, he's running through the streets asking for help. And then uh, Black Ops team comes down and uh is basically trying to trying to capture him but he uh the our our heroes the shield agents that we know are there get to him first and they basically save him take him to a uh safe room where he can't do any damage we see that they are they've been trying to track other inhumans they just haven't had the opportunity to save them every time they get there someone else has taken them. And we assume at this point it's the other Black Ops team, but you find out later in the episode that there is a giant Kree hunter (laughs) basically coming around and finding Inhumans and killing them, blasting a hole through the middle of their chest. It's the character that was uh, present in Season 2. He made himself aware that he was a Kree, or he made it known that he was a Kree hunter, that he... He's put on Earth to uh, abolish all Inhumans because they're genetic imperfections in the in the eyes of the Kree. So he is on Earth, but he can hide his appearance with uh, some type some type of technology. Um, but I believe at the end of the episode, they were able to erase his memory so that he didn't remember that uh, Sky was a Inhuman. So at this point now, he's he's out there killing Inhumans. And he's grisly looking, so it was pretty cool. There is a lot going on in this season. You got Coulson missing an arm. You have Fitz has gotten over his 
ineffectualism because in season two he was stuttering and and kind of going out of his brain because he tried to sacrifice his life to save Simmons and he ended up not dying so he he kind of had a mental block in his head but he's gotten over that because he's almost a, a spy badass himself and um, he's trying to find the way to save Simmons who's inside of a Cree obelisk or inhuman obelisk whatever you want to call it that sucked her in at the very end of the episode you see everybody's pretty much wrote it off that she's dead there's no word from her you don't know but uh, at the end of the episode you see that she's on another planet maybe even another dimension running for her life so she's been in there for the whole summer basically and and I almost I almost want to say that it might be the negative zone and it makes me wonder if uh, Marvel retains the rights to the negative zone instead of Fox with their Fantastic Four franchise so uh, I think it would be interesting to see we didn't see Agent May yet in the first episode which which was surprising to me because uh, Ming-Na and Agent May was a very big part of season one and two so the fact that she didn't show up in the first episode of the season three, when with the basically the only reference to her is that Coulson says she went on vacation and never came back. So I mean, hopefully that just means it's some type of storyline that's going to develop later, and not the fact that Ming not left. Not, I didn't. I never read anything about it, so I don't know. So that's a kind of a quick rundown for you for season three so far. If uh, once you get caught up, um, I really think that you would you would enjoy this show especially the way it is now um just get past the first half of the first season <laughs> get 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 on to season two uh things really ramp up uh you get you they start putting the pieces together that she is that sky is daisy johnson which we know from the comic books as uh quake and nick fury's right hand girl um since secret war and it's it's I I enjoy the show a lot. I think they've really found their stride and they know what they're doing at this point. Awesome. So I'm just I, I basically what I'm looking for for the rest of the season is how they're gonna how they're gonna um, tie into Civil War, if they're gonna tie into Daredevil and Jessica Jones, and where they're gonna go by the end of the summer or the end of season three, because like I said before on the podcast, these shows. Uh, this show tends to tend to tie into the movies really well. Gotcha. So I guess we bring bring us to the segment where we talk about what's a storyline that you want to see brought into any one of these shows this season. So let's see. We've talked about Fear the Walking Dead, The Walking Dead. Well, I think I have an idea what's going to happen in The Walking Dead, but we're not there yet, so I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> That has been spoiled already. So okay. I'm going to keep this one to myself. Okay, um, that's fine. I think what I'd like to see happen in Gotham might be to see some people with meta powers. I mean, I know we're dealing with GCPD and not Batman, so it might be a little difficult, but it would be cool to see Gordon have to deal with someone that's bulletproof or... Um, can turn invisible, you know, just from the standpoint of uh, a detective. And I also want to know is if with uh, Commissioner Essen now dead, does that make him the new commissioner? Because it sounds like he already made captain. I wonder where the chain of... Oh, or maybe it's going to go back to Loeb. What if it becomes Commissioner Loeb again? 
Oh, man, you. (laughs) Well, actually. I think that's where we're at or where I'm at with with the shows right now. Okay. Well, actually, now I thought about it a little bit. Um, I think they might have covered it in maybe Arrow or The Flash, but... I would see something with uh, Solomon Grundy. That would be interesting. I would like to see a Solomon Grundy show up. Um, I do have a feeling that we've seen something like that in one of the two shows. I think, but I can't remember it off the top of my head right now. I think in Arrow they just mentioned that he was murdered, but I mean I don't think there's anything of him coming back. Oh no that that was uh, Solomon Grundy was the the guy that was uh, su- had super strength and was. Um, Fighting for uh, Brother Blood and and Deathstroke, he, that really huge dude that Ollie didn't know if he can go up against. Oh, that guy was Solomon Grundy. Oh shit! Well, then never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously he died at the end of that ep- that episode. Doesn't mean that he couldn't come back as more of a zombie state like Sol- the Solomon Grundy that we know from the comic book. So there's the potential for that to happen. All right. Well, shit. <laughs> That would be pretty cool. So, um, I think that we're good for this week. Then, anything else you want to talk about? I think we covered what I wanted to cover. Sounds good. Um, I still haven't figured out a way to sign off yet. Um, let's go ahead and give out my Twitter handle is at agent underscore of the underscore bat on Twitter. Daniel, your handle your handle is Daniel von Helvet. <laughs> so you can find us both on Twitter. Uh, we do have a Geek Elite Radio Twitter page, which is at Geek Elite Radio. We have a Geek Elite Radio Facebook page. And everybody should try and take a look at our geekeliteradio.com website. We have a lot of interesting things going on there. We're going to be probably adding, adding a forum there so uh, more people can go on and discuss things in uh, the community that we provide there. And... Um, you know, share and share alike. Get more people to hear us and visit our website so we can do as much with this as we can. So remember to subscribe on iTunes and give us a rating so um, everybody else knows how great we're doing of a job we're doing here. (laughs) And if you guys have any feedback or any comments, please uh, either tweet at us or, you know, just drop the comments or feedback on our Facebook page. Exactly. Um, yeah, tweet us. I'm I'm always willing to to talk to to whoever on whatever platform. So yeah, feedback the more the better. Until next time, same televised heroics channel, same televised heroics time. Talk to you later. Have a good night. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program. <laughs> <laughs>